Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I fixed that pothole. I don't know if it's still, it's probably a good-sized pothole now, but I, I did my part. But, like, it got my, it got me in trouble. Like, I was like, oh, I probably should not have said that. Okay? Fast forward, like, a couple of years. After I graduated from college, I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get a master's degree. I'm going to get a master's degree in history. I'm going to go be a history teacher. It's going to be awesome. So I took classes because I'm, I'm cool like that. So I took extra classes. And I had several classes with the same professor. His name was Mr. Cole. And I was like, you know what, Mr. Cole, really? He should really be a youth pastor. Like, that is like his calling in life. But he was like a professor. And he was a good professor the first semester. And then the second semester, like, he wasn't as prepared, and I could tell. And being the person who opens up her mouth sometimes, one day she's sitting in class, and she's like, me, you know. I open up my mouth, and I say, you know, Mr. Cole, you were a better professor last semester. He did not hit one. It did not take him one beat to, for him to look at me and say, Bethany, it's okay. You were a better student last semester, too. So I was like, okay, and it's all good because he's a youth pastor now. Yeah, I called that one. I called that one. So it's it's all good. Yeah, sometimes I just open up my mouth. And now, has anybody have like one of those out of body experiences where you, like your mouth just opens up and you are like, how did that just come out of my mouth? See, I I understand you. Okay, I went to a job interview. I went to a job interview one day. I got out of that job interview and I bawled hysterically in the car because I was like, I do not know what just happened. Like, that was like the most out-of-body experience of my life. Like, I was so cocky and like, that is not usually at all who I am. I was like, "Ah, I got this. Like, I cried. Like, I was like, that is not who I am. Like, why did this happen? And like, now in retrospect, I was like, if I'd gotten that job, like, I wouldn't be where I'm at now and it's all good. But it's, it's all good. Okay. Does anybody else have Facebook problems? Like, so we we use our words and speak. We also use our fingers and type. A couple of weeks ago, it was right before Mother's Day, I had a friend who posted something. And it's like, you know how we all have, like, those those push, really easy buttons to push? Women in ministry is mine. So I had this friend who posted, and he was trying to be really nice, and he was like, hey, guys. Please remember that, you know, Mother's Day isn't the only week that we should have women, you know, preaching. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Good, good job. I agree with that. And then there was this one guy out there who he was like, well, all of my female staff, they say that they don't want to. And like that hit me hard because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. As a woman, I think that maybe that's not really what they're saying. So, I replied, hey, just make sure that you are really looking at their hearts, because often we say, like, we feel we aren't competent enough, and we feel that we aren't good enough to get up in front of the church and speak. So, I just want to make sure that you as a pastor are, like, making sure that you do that, because I would have loved to have had a pastor who was just super behind me and, like, was like, yeah, you got this. You can preach. You can do this. And I've 
you know, I've had that to a limited capacity, like in the roles that I've had. Um, so that was good until Derek came to me like a couple weeks later and was like, Hey, I'm going on vacation. You want to preach for me? And I was like, yeah, only because God made me. No. So, so that's why I'm here today. Like I'm, that's just a little backstory of how we got here. So Derek asked me to preach and I'm like, yes, give me like a, I really like a narrative text or something that I can really identify with. And then I was like, James chapter 4, 13 through 17, boasting about tomorrow. What? Like, I mean, it's, it's a pretty easy passage, but it's nothing super exciting. But I just really, it's not... It's not fluffy. It's not easy. It's not like life sustaining. Like, it's all of those things that are hard in preaching. Like, so this is what you're getting. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm really excited about this. Like, honestly, I'm really excited to share with all of you guys about like what, as I have dug into this, what God has been speaking to me, and hopefully he's also speaking to you. So the first thing we need to understand is the context of the book of James. First of all, we need to remember, we have been studying it kind of verse by verse. It is one whole letter. So everything in it ties back and forth to each other. So we're going to see a lot of those things um, in this passage today. So the James is writing to all of these 12 tribes throughout the world. And he's giving them really practical advice for everyday situations. So he talks about wisdom about taming your tongue, maybe I should have listened to that one a little bit more, um, about sin and the importance of humility. Um, so the passage immediately before this is talking all about humility. It talks about God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And so then it launches into this. We come out to this passage about boasting about tomorrow. And... I started to think about what does boasting look like in the 21st century? It's all about all talk, no action. I call it chicken little dreamers, a.k.a. I'm going to doers. I'm going to go climb Mount Everest. I'm going to go run a marathon. I'm going to go back to school and get a master's degree. I'm going to go start my own business and make a lot of money. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. So then I started thinking, like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, but doesn't God give us dreams? Aren't those things that he put in our heart that we want to fulfill? And so I started thinking about what does it look like between boasting about tomorrow and dreaming God's dreams for you? So boasting by definition, it's all about an attitude. It's having a characteristic of excess pride or self-satisfaction. And then if you're looking at dreams, it's contemplating the possibility of doing something. So it's really about just focusing on those God-given dreams and how we can see them fulfilled in our life. Bridge Church, we talk about dreamers, developers, and doers a lot. All of them are vital. 
all of them are important. And without each one of those categories, we as a church would not exist. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, my people perish. This is talking about the nation of Israel. It's talking about groups. It's talking about churches. And it also applies in our own lives. If we do not have a dream or a vision in our own hearts, like there is really no point. Amy Campbell says, if you stop dreaming, you stop living. So we need to have a dream. And we need to focus on our God, the God-sized dream in our lives. So maybe it's time to pick up some of those dreams and dust them off a bit because we've been shelving them. So it's just time for us to dream a little bigger. I am not a dreamer. So we talk about dreamers, developers, and doers. Dreamers are people who they are vision people. They can see like, oh, we should do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, this is super great. And then you have developers. They're more of the, this is how we're going to do it. They're going to plan out things. And then you have the doers. Doers are people who get things done. And without each of those, there wouldn't be a whole lot of things going on. Because if you just had a whole church of all doers, like, nothing would get done. Well, everything would get done, but they would not they would be doing just a lot of boring stuff because they didn't have anybody to set up that dream. If you just had developers, they would be developing a plan, but there wouldn't be a plan to develop and there wouldn't be anybody to get it done. So all of them are hand in hand. I am not a dreamer. I am really most days pretty content being a doer. And that's hard for me because people will come to me and they'll be like, oh, what's your five-year plan or what's your dream or what is it that's in your life that you want to pursue? And I am like, but I'm just content where I'm at. And that's something that I am learning to go beyond and to dream more, but like, it's hard for me. So God places dreams in all of our hearts and sometimes they can be overrun by our own desires. So today we are going to look at aligning our dreams with God's will for our lives. So we're going to talk about three things to determine if a dream is from God or it's simply boasting about tomorrow. So the first thing is boasting is an attitude. Dreaming is an action. James 4, 13 through, 13 through 14 says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you don't even know, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So this is the attitude that I struggle with as a doer because dreamers sometimes are a little bit like cloud, head in the cloud. And that is not how I function. And I see like, okay, like you can do that, but you got to go like put a little action behind it. So, but like, it's also bad on me because I am not a dreamer. I would just do stuff for other people until the world ends. So we all have things that interest us. Um, I am an armchair, like enthusiast. Nope. Looking for my right words here. I like to sit and watch documentaries. I, I am boring. It's how I spend a lot of my time. Who else is my like documentary people up there? Yes. 
Yes. So I really like and have spent a lot of time in the last couple of years like digging into like the crazy people who are like, I'm going to climb Everest. I am like, you guys are crazy. I would never do that. That is scary. There is a really high like death threshold. That is not my jam. But I will tell you from my living room couch, I am all in. So I am like, I watch all the things like, oh, there's a new one. I get to, I'm going to watch this. And on Prime, there is this show called Everest Beyond the Limits. And I found it so incredibly fascinating. So these people who go out there and they're like, I'm going to conquer this mountain. It's the tallest thing in the world. I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm like, no, have fun with that. I'm going to stay here where it's comfortable. But there's this show called Everest Beyond the Limits, and I really enjoyed it. And there's this guy on there. He was ended up being on there two times. His name was Tim. And I think that he really shows the difference between that attitude and that action. The first season, Tim, like, is he just has a really, like, cocky attitude about going to Everest. He's like, this is super easy. I was in this car accident and I broke my leg and this is going to be nothing. It's going to be easy. And like a lot of like the um, head guides and stuff didn't really appreciate him because he of his attitude. He was just like, I got this. It's no big deal. Like Everest technically isn't that hard of a climb and blah, 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 blah. And that attitude eventually gets him like taken off of the mountain before he reached the summit because he was so cocky and was so sure of himself that he like allowed that to cloud his judgment. So I was like, good on him. And not, no, like, I mean, like he took it to get three quarters of the way up. Everest is a huge accomplishment. I would never do it. It's way too expensive. <sighs> I mean, if you have an extra, like, $60,000 laying around, I got some student loans you could work on for me. Um, but then in season two, Tim comes back to Everest, and he is, like, a whole new person because here he had been three-quarters of the way up, and he hadn't made it. So he had this whole new attitude and respect for the leaders and the guides and the Sherpas and the mountain itself. And it was really amazing because he gets up to um, base camp four, which is where they spend the night before they go and they reach the summit. And he'd just gotten just like an hour or so out of that camp and he fell and he broke his hand. And I was like, that's it. He's done. He's going back. He's going to have to come back on season three. But he just had such determination that he told his Sherpa what had happened. He told his guide who was with him, but he refused to let them tell the people in base camp because he knew if they knew down at base camp that he had broken his hand, that they would be so like upset that he needed to come home because like that was a major medical emergency, especially that far out. So, but he was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And he climbed through the pain and he reached that summit and he was so excited. So then he finally gets down to ba back down to base camp. And he's like, guys, I broke my hand. And they're like, no, you, there's no way you just climbed that with that broken hand. And sure enough, he had totally broken his hand. But, like, it was just the huge difference in attitude versus action. 
he was able to overcome that bad attitude and he focused on creating action. And so that's what we all need to do. We need to ask God what that dream, what that vision is, and we need to put action behind it. Um, I have a friend who says, it's not about motivation, it's about discipline. And that goes through a lot of things in life. It's not about motivation, it's about discipline. So the second thing that we need to remember is boasting is about my will, dreaming is about God's will. So James 4, 15 through 16 says, Instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, but all such boasting is evil. I really feel like this passage pairs really, really well with what Jesus talks about during the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about worry. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for today will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble, trouble of its own. So often we think, like, what is the will of God? So if God wills that I do this, if God wills that I do that, what does that look like? So a lot of times we go to Romans chapter 12 to it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Because of passages like this, a lot of times in the church, in Christian culture, in youth group culture, um, we focus a lot on the will of God. What is the will of God in my life? And we make it this big, huge thing. We make it this thing of like, oh, like, I need to figure out what the will of God is. I need to know what college I need to go to. I need to figure out what the will of God is. I know who I, I need to know who I need to marry. I need to know the will of God. Should I buy this house? Should I take this job? Should I do all of these things? And all of a sudden, we become obsessed with the will of God. And we, it's no longer about God. It's about ourselves. We make it so focused on, like, oh, my goodness, I need, I need to know what God's will is that it, like, shifts. And all of a sudden, it becomes about us and not about God. Um, so as we focus on knowing what the will of God is, it's hard sometimes. Because it's like, you know, we just have to lift our hands and say, God, I don't know what your will is, but, like, you know what it is, and you know what's coming. My family went through a lot this last fall. Um, my dad got COVID. I gave it to him. You know, you feel really guilty about that. He spent 39 days on a ventilator. We spent a lot of time praying a lot of time praying. And that was my prayer every day. Lord, I don't know what your will is. I want your will to be done. But it's scary when we don't know what that is. And so every day as we like prayed over my dad over Skype because we couldn't be there, like it was super hard. And I just remember there was like one night when I was just laying awake in the middle of the night and I was like, God, like, I don't know what, the, what your will is, but I am just going to trust you that you know what you're doing and that whatever happens to my dad, like, you're going to be glorified in it because I know that you love us. And if that is 
if it is your will that he goes and passes away and he is with you, that's awesome. That's glory. That's healing in my eyes. And it was really hard because we knew during that time, during those 39 days, we knew seven people from our, like, friends and people that we knew who passed away from COVID. It was very, very difficult for me at least to trust that God was in control and that healing was an option. And it's really hard. Like, I'm just being real, real vulnerable here. It was hard for me because one day as I was sitting with my dad when we were finally able to see, see him, I was scrolling through text through Facebook for a minute, and I found out that my roommate from college, same age as me, had passed away from COVID. And, like, literally I am sitting there, and I'm holding my dad's hand, and I'm like, God, like, if Misty can't make it, like, what about my dad? And it was super hard every day to just pray, like, Lord, you are in control. But the thing is, we were really, really lucky. No, we were really, really blessed. Because my dad, oh, y'all, he's sitting here today. (laughs) He's, like, sitting right there, you know. (sighs) It was a, a miracle like a real live miracle to see what God did in my dad, through my dad. We literally, we had doctors who were like, you know, if he wakes up, if he wakes up, guys, if he wakes up, he's going to have to be on oxygen every day. He's probably going to have a lot of like mental issues. No, my dad walked out of the hospital, out of rehab without any oxygen. He, let's remember, he walked out of rehab. Like, it was a miracle. And I'm just so grateful for that. So, God is so good. So, we just need to trust that God's will for us is good things. We just remember, need to remember that. So the third thing that we need to remember is that boasting leads to sin. Dreaming leads to life. James 4.17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Oh, that's a tough one. This was the part that I was really like, this is is like big stuff because like mm, there are things that I know that I shouldn't have done or I should have done in life. And I did chose not to do. Is anybody else with me? And I will tell you, sometimes it's big stuff, like choosing to like literally run away from a situation that I knew God's will was in. But then like he also loves us and he like puts obstacles in our way. I was ready to run away from college and to absolutely just leave the ministry and be like, no, I'm never doing that. I literally stuck the key in the car door, turned it, and it broke off. So I couldn't leave because it was the only car key that I had with me. Like God, God likes to interrupt our plans. And then sometimes it's also really funny because sometimes it's little things. Like I work with, I used to work with my sister. We were teacher, teachers at a preschool. And a couple of weeks ago, my mom was like, hey, 
you should really bring this with you for your sister for lunch. And I was like, Mom, she is an adult. She can bring her own lunch. What happened when I got to school that day? What did she not have with her? Lunch. So, like, I knew what I was supposed to do. God had obviously spoken it, been, like, to my mom saying, hey, like, bring her your sister lunch. And here, like, because we sometimes get so focused on ourselves and our timing and what we want that I wasn't willing to be like, oh, yeah, like, it'll take an extra two seconds to grab her this thing. Like, it would have been loving and kind. So when we talk about sin, the simplest definition is missing the mark. So if you know that God is calling you to do something, just do it. I have, I am trying to learn and understand that a lot of times it's a whole lot easier to walk through a valley with God than to try to walk around it without him. So it's, we all do that sometimes. We're like, we try to be like Jonah and we try to go the other way. But a lot of times it's a way more difficult situation to get to where God gave us destination-wise instead of, like, listening to him. If we try to do it our own way, it makes life way harder. So, um, but the thing is, is if we are not listening to God and we are choosing those things and we are missing the mark and we are sinning, that means that there's got to be a flip side too. And that me that for us and what we're looking at is saying, Dreaming leads to life. The vision of our church is to see people come alive in Christ. And I just love that because being a life-giving church, like that was like the base level. And now we have just like, we've taken a step up and said, you know what? Like being, being life-giving is good. Being life-giving is positive. But when we are coming alive in Christ, we get to show that to other people in a whole new way. And we get to glorify God in the process. So when we focus on the God dreams in our lives, we are going to be fulfilled. We're going to be happy. We're going to be content. And we're also going to show other people what it looks like to come alive in Christ when we are living our dreams. So that just kind of leaves us with what does that mean now? What does that mean? do for us now. So I think the first thing that we need to think about is what is your God-sized dream? What is it that God is placing or has placed in your heart for you to do? So this is the thing. If you know what it is today, I want you to write it down. They talk about how writing thing da- writing things down increases your doing them like exponentially. And whether that's like taking out your cell phone and being like, God, I know that your dream for my life is X, Y, Z, do it. Maybe it's pulling out a journal and start working on it. But the thing is, if you don't know what that God dream in your life is, I want you to take time today to really sit back and pray and think and say, God, what is it that you want me to do with my life? How can I glorify you in everything that I have done with an attitude of humility 
with passion, with honoring you. Like, how can I do all of those things? Last two weeks ago, Pastor Derek talked about sometimes it's not about looking outside of the box. It's about looking inside of the box. So it, your dream might not be to climb Mount Everest, but maybe your dream can be like to hike the Rum River Trail. That can be your dream because you don't have to. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be like, what is the will of God in my life? It just needs to be something. You just need to have that passion. You need to have energy. You need to have life. Have that dream come alive in you. So my next thing for you is this week, we're all going to take an action step towards our goal. It's going to be something. I don't care what it is. If your dream is to go back to school and get a master's degree, then you're going to go and you're going to apply online. If God's dream for you is to, I was going to say something, but I was like, that wouldn't work very well. But if you have a dream, go towards it. Take steps towards it. Pray about it. Because that is what God wants you to do. He doesn't want you to live a super boring, normal life. Not not that there's anything wrong with a normal, boring life. I live one every day. But I am also loving what I do. This, in many ways, is my dream. It might be really boring for other people to sit in the church office and to look at books and to create graphics. It, I love it. It is, it is like my favorite thing to do. I work with a, an amazing group of people and it's been a huge blessing for me. So whatever you do this week, I want you to take an action step. I want you to like post it on Facebook. Say, hey guys, this is my thing that I'm going to do. This is what I want to pursue. And then take those action steps so that it's not just boasting of this is what I'm going to do, but that you're doing something. I'm just going to pray and then we're going to go and have a good day. Heavenly Father, right now, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for the dreams that you have put in each and every person's heart. I pray right now for the people who they don't feel like they have a dream. I pray that you will just start to put it in their hearts, that you will just begin to unfold it so that they can see what you have planned for them. We thank you for that. We thank you that we can pray and seek your will for our lives. I pray that you will just be with us this week as we take action steps. I pray that you will guide us and direct us and just help us to have fun, to be full of life, and to come alive more and more in you. I pray that you will just guide us as we go about our day, that you will just honor us, and that we just get this opportunity to say we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. More and more in you. I pray that you will just guide us as we go about our day, that you will just honor us, and that we just get this opportunity to say we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.